And so I'm going to try my best, somebody say best, at uh, picking up where she left off. So uh, go ahead and look at that first point today. If you didn't know, we've been praying, we've been fasting, if you've been living under a rock or something, we've been praying and fasting in the last couple weeks, and we are already on day 15. Tell your neighbors, say, man, you're doing good. If you're sitting next to a girl, say, hey, whoa, man, you're doing good. <laughs> so congratulations, right? We're on day 15 into our 21 days of prayer and fasting already. Our goal is to make and break habits that create margin and empower us to live on mission. So I don't know about you, but I have been growing, growing, growing so much already this year. And so I've, I've set myself up with, some, with some, some tough goals, some tough challenges. I've been praying and fasting for some tough things. I hope you're challenging yourself. I hope you didn't make it too easy. And I hope we didn't make it too hard. One of the things we're, uh, one of the things I'm fasting from is caffeine. Uh, say, oh, oh man, Pastor, uh, it's been it's been tough. Uh, but you know what? It's not as been as tough as I thought, because God is is able, and, and He's with me. We're, we've been fasting TV. We've been I've been fasting from sugar. Man, I love my sugar. Uh, but uh, I have been growing. I've been submitting these things onto the Lord and using those moments when it gets hard to press into His presence, to lean onto His strength and not to my own strength, and to lean on Him for understanding. Amen. I want to go ahead and plug this book one more time. Do it for a day. How to Make and Break Habits by Pastor Mark Batterson. If you've never heard of Mark Bat- Batterson, look him up. He is an amazing, mighty man of God. He runs a church in Washington, D.C. Uh, called National Community Church, NCC Church. He's wrote tons of books. The dude is just filled with knowledge. And so our message today is part three. We're kind of borrowing the title from that book for Do It For A Day, How to Make and Break Habits. So I hope you've been using this book as a resource. It's been super helpful. It's been super great. And... Uh, so I just wanted to ask you before we get started, we're on day 15, how are you doing? Y'all doing okay? You ain't uh, killed your spouse yet? Ain't uh, killed your kids yet? Or if you're fasting meat, you ain't ate them yet? <laughs> Anybody fasting meats? Nobody? That's a tough one too. But I just want to encourage you, press in, stay the course, amen, because God's doing some amazing Things. Look at that first scripture, a foundational scripture that we've been using for this whole sermon series. It comes out of Ephesians 5, 15 through 17. Right? It says, so be careful how you live. Don't live like fools, but like those who are wise, make the most of every opportunity. Y'all read that with me. Make the most of every opportunity. Highlight that, underline that, star that, whatever you got to do to make that stand out because that's how I want to live my life this next year. I want to make the most out of every opportunity that God presents to me. How do you get victory at the end of the year? I have to get victory day by day by day. Do it for a day. Don't try and conquer the year. Try and conquer your day first. Make the most of every opportunity today. Somebody say, today. Right? So he says, make the most of every opportunity in these evil days. 
Don't act thoughtlessly, but understand what the Lord wants you to do. So that is my hope and prayer for us, that this year we would redeem every single opportunity that God presents to us. Every relationship, every holy moment with your family, every every tough season, every tough trial, you can redeem that moment. Do you know that? You can redeem that thing by the blood of the Lamb. And what the evil means for, for evil... God can use for our good. What the, evil, what the evil tries to use against us, God wants to use for our good, for growth and, and, and for freedom and for restoration and all these things. And hey, prayer and fasting is the starting place for us to redeem our lives, to redeem, you fill in the blank, that thing that you're really praying and believing for God to do, Prayer and fasting is the starting place. You submit it to God through prayer, and you say, God, what can I sacrifice? How can I do the natural thing that needs to happen? I I need you to do something supernatural. And Mark Batterson in this book, he says, in order for for God to do the super, I got to do the natural. So I believe God can do super things. Anybody else? I, I, know, I know you need God to do some super things in your life. Hey, I'm praying for you. When I pray and fast, I don't just pray and fast for myself. I pray and fast for those that I love and care about, for my church, for my family, for my friends. And so I know you need God to do some super things. But, hey, do you know God calls you to do some natural things for him to release the super part? There's a part that we play in the miracle that we need answered in our lives, right? So we've been talking about some things that we need to do. We're trying to make, make some, some good holy habits that'll carry us to victory. And we're trying to break the things that God calls less than, things that, that you've identified. You don't even need me to tell you that you don't need to be doing these things anymore. And I told you, if God said it, you ain't got to pray about it, Right? If God said it, you ain't got to pray about it. There's no black and white. If you heard him say it, do it. Right? And so that's what we've been doing, talking about making and breaking some habits. Look at that next point today. We're going to hang out in a a couple different areas today. The first thing I want to talk about, and this is really a theme that that Pastor Mark uses in this book. It's it's a statement that he says if you've ever listened to him preach or teach or read some of his books. I've read uh, a handful of his books now already. Uh, and he uses this, this phrase a lot, flip the script. You know, we serve a flip the script God. This is, this is Pastor Mark's way of, of saying that same thing, flipping the script. And this is what we got to do when we're making and breaking new habits. And what you got to do to rise up and go to a new season, to a new place. Right? So the first point it says, the first habit we need in order to create and break habits is called flip the script. If, if you want to change your life, you have to change the story you tell yourself. That's good. If you want to change your life, man, you got to get a new narrator. I know a pretty awesome narrator. His name's Jesus. His name's God the Father. His name's the Holy Spirit. And if you love it when he talks to you in a still small voice, you'll really love it if you open up his word 
and he'll begin to narrate over your life. See, because a lot of us maybe are where we are because we keep listening to the wrong stinking voices. We listen to the doubt. We pet our sins. We listen to the voices that we think other people are even thinking about us. They haven't even said it. And I allow that that thought that maybe doesn't even exist to dictate the course of my life. How backwards is that? And the whole, whole time, God sees his children suffering, discouraged, giving up on the promise. And he's like, I wish you would just listen to me. I wish you would just open up your Bible. I wish you would take the time to pray. I wish you would take the time to fast from some things that I've, I've told you you need to fast from. And I wish you'd stop trying to do it your way. See, we're all out there trying to navigate life. We're all out there rowing our boats, rowing our boats, trying to get to the destination, and the whole time Jesus is in the boat with us. And he'll do the oaring for you if you let him. He says, my burden and my, my yoke is light. My, my burden's light. It's easy to bear. And so let's turn to him. Who wants to choose and turn to him today? Right? Let's let him begin to speak over us. And is it going to challenge you? Yes. You can't grow without challenges. You can't grow staying stuck doing the same things that you're doing. Is it going to be new? Is it going to be different? Is it going to be outside of your way of carnal thinking? You better believe it. You're going to need his spirit. And hey, you're going to need his voice to encourage you and lead you and guide you in those gray areas when you don't know which way to go or which way to look. And you say, Jesus, I need you. And guess what? He shows up every single time, I promise you. To change your life, you got to change your story. Tell yourself his story. What has God spoken over you, over your family, over your ministry, over your job, over your kids, over your unborn kids, over your unborn grandkids? Use his story that says you're redeemed, you're loved, you're forgiven, I'm for you, I'm with you. Use that story to compel your life and your daily life. And listen to that instead of the nasty, stinking thinking that we have every day. It all boils down to our thoughts, right? Look at Proverbs 20, 23.7, not 27, 23.7. What does it say? As a man thinks, so is he. As a woman thinks, so is she. So the way that you think is guiding your life. Start telling yourself that you can, and maybe you will. Maybe you will actually accomplish that thing. He'll accomplish it through you. Believe me, it won't be anything you did. He'll do it through you. Don't get ahead of yourself and give yourself a medal or a trophy because we can do that. 
we can forget who actually did the good thing. And I got to stay in a place of humility. Sometimes I can get to, to pet an Ian, so to speak. Man, you're doing pretty good. Man, you've done some pretty amazing things in your life. And I got to say, whoa, whoa, whoa. Pride will begin to rise up. And before the pride comes the fall. So I want to give him glory and credit for every any good thing that's happened in my life. And so I know we want some good things to happen in our lives today and this year. So lean on him. All right, look at 2 Corinthians 10, 3 through 5. So we're talking about thoughts, how powerful they are, right? and making and breaking new habits. We've got to change the way that we think about the habit, the person, the place, the thing that's keeping God's best from my life. It says, for though we walk in the flesh, we do not war according to the flesh. Okay? You may feel like you're in a physical battle, but it's a spiritual battle. Everything is a spiritual thing in the eyes of God. Right? Verse 4, for the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty in God for pulling down strongholds, casting down arguments, and every high thing that exalts itself up against the knowledge of God, bringing every thought, somebody say thought, say that again, thought, into captivity, into the obedience of Christ. Every thought. When you have that thought about that person, place, or thing, that thought about yourself, that, that thought about them, you need to, if it's not a good holy thought, you need to say, whoa, 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 where did that come from? When's the last time you, you interrogated your thoughts? Because, you know, not every single thought you have comes from God. Not every single thought you have even comes from the devil. Did you know that? Sometimes it's my thought. Sometimes it's the devil's thought. Sometimes it's God's thought. Sometimes you ever been just walking through Walmart and you have a thought, you're like, what the heck was that? Now, you can pet that thought. You can entertain that thought. You can daydream on that thought. When you have those types of thoughts, you've got to do something with it. You've got to take it in captivity into the obedience of Christ. And if it's not from heaven, you need to send it back to hell where it belongs. This is how we fight. This is how we continue to, to fast and to pray and to stay connected to God. Good, good habit formation has to begin with how we manage our thoughts. It has to begin with how we manage our thoughts. Some of us maybe have some big, great, good ideas on, on, on what I want to have happened in my life this year. Maybe I want to drop 10 pounds. Maybe I want to, make, maybe I want to read God's word uh, in totality in, in one year. There's tons of one-year Bible plans. And maybe that's a goal of yours. And you can do that. And, but now, see, that's a, that's a good holy thought. That's a good holy habit. But you know the enemy's going to come, and you're going to have doubts. And so when, those, that thing, when that happens in time, how are you going to respond? When you had the thought and you've started to commit to losing 10 pounds, and then that day comes and you're like, ah, oh, I can't do this. Or you succumb to temptation. You backslide, whatever the case. Or you say, you know what, I'm, gonna, I'm not going to miss a, a day of church this year Sunday. I'm going to be in small group this year, the entire year. I'm going to read God's Word every single day. You know what, maybe I'm going to read two books this year. Maybe it's one book. And so you write that down. You have a game plan. You submit that to the Lord. Those are all good things from the Lord. Those are all things in his will for your life, good things. But what happens when it gets tough? you got to change the way that you think. 
to stay the path, you got to be committed to the path. Do you know how we stay committed? When, when you begin to want to waver from the path that you've committed to, either I keep going or I, I give up, the key to staying committed is you got to remain submitted. See, Jesus was submitted unto the Father even when it was tough. So when it gets tough for us, I have a choice. Do I stay committed? Or this is too hard. And it's in that moment I can remain submitted unto the one or I put myself back as captain, so to speak, right? And so if God said it, you ain't got to pray about it. And if God said it, you're going to need him. And if God said it, stay committed. If God said it, said it, stay submitted to him. Amen? Look at that next point. And this is kind of a, a big point. Pastor Keith wrote this point. Amen? So y'all bear with me. It says a lot. Um, but it says, so it's not just our thoughts that matter, but also our explanations of life that are actually more important than our experiences. So our, our experiences are important. But what I want to challenge you in is we actually validate our experiences by the thoughts that we have. And you can make that experience that was actually good and turn it into a bad one. Did you know that? Just by your thoughts and your explanations. We're going to talk about the explanations here in a moment. If our explanations of our experiences make us the victim, make us the enemy, or make God the source of our pain, then we are telling ourselves the wrong story. We said we need to change our story, right? We need to change our narrator. We need to change what we're listening to. It says we have believed a lie of the enemy, and we have to let God rewrite our story. So our thoughts, they form opinions. Our thoughts form explanations, and our explanations have the power to form and validate our experiences. Every single person has had a bad experience in life. Jesus Christ was perfect, and he experienced a lot of bad experiences. Heck, he was crucified to a cross. Now, he laid his life down, it says. He chose to do that for us, but he experienced some bad things. But I, I guarantee you this. Just because he experienced those bad things, he never second-guessed how good his God was. He saw the good, the holy, the unexplainable in every single bad experience that he had. He turned it for God's good. So if we find our, ourselves in this next year, in today, in tomorrow, into the next week, and encountering a bad experience, and it's going to happen, and no, I'm not speaking death, it'll happen. How are you going to respond? How are you going to live? What are you going to believe? Are you going to listen to your story or are you going to listen to his story? When it's hard, God, what's the good in this? I really can't stand this person, God. <laughs> Where's the good in this? What are you trying to do in this relationship? God, this thing that I committed to, they keep adding and adding and adding and adding more responsibility onto me. I can't do it, God. If you read his Bible, you know he says he does never put more on us that we cannot bear or withstand or find a way out of temptation. 
you got to change the script. You got to flip the script. You got to make your life his story. His story has to become your life. Amen? And I wonder, as I was praying this week, even in my own life, I wonder how many blessings from God, how many God-sized blessings that I've explained away in my life because I didn't see it right. Because I got ahead of God or because I felt like God was late or because it didn't happen the way that I thought it was going to happen or it didn't happen as fast as I thought it was going to happen. And I wonder how many blessings from God I've explained away. How many moments God wanted to use in my life that I let go right by because I wasn't sensitive to what God was saying or doing or wanting to do in that moment because I wasn't sensitive to the Holy Spirit because I got in a hurry, because I was rushed, because I was on my phone, because I had to do this, because I had to do that, because I, I had to get here, I had to go there. The whole time God's like, you are so blessed. If you would just slow down and open your eyes and listen and see, you'd see me, hear me, experience me in, in everything, everywhere, with everyone. we got to flip the script. We can't get sucked into doing life the way the world does. And it's fast and busy and fast-paced. I know, I get it. But if you get into a hurry, you're going to miss God. we got to slow down. Listen, expect, pray, and believe. Amen? Look at Jeremiah. 8.5. It says, Then why do these people stay on their self-destructive path? Let's go ahead and insert ourselves into that scripture this morning. Make this scripture real to you. Why do you stay on that destructive path that you already know is destructive? That God's already called destructive? And it says, why do the people of Jerusalem refuse to turn back? Here's your answer. They cling tightly to their lies. Somebody say lies. They cling tightly to their lies, to their explanations, to their negative experiences, to their doubts, to the things that their friends are saying, to the things that they've read on their, their social media news feeds. They cling tightly to their lies and they will not turn around. Y'all, to make and break some, some bad habits and to break bad habits and make some new ones, you got to stop clinging to lies. You got to start clinging to truth. Cling to truth. You can know truth. You can have truth. Jesus said, I am the way and the, and the life. He said, the truth shall set you free. It's the truth. The truth is the key. The truth is the power. And most times, nine times out of ten, maybe it's ten out of ten, I don't know. But we don't tell ourselves the truth when we live according to the narration of our own negative mind, our own carnal mind. We're not living according to the truth. We're living according to pride, selfishness, sin, self, envy, 
jealousy. That's the way that we live apart from the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit wants to tell you truth. You continue to think that nobody likes me. I'm weird. I'm awkward. They keep judging me. Those are not thoughts from God. Do you know that? God says you're loved. God says you're chosen. God says you're special. God says you're an individual. God wants you to be you. That's the truth. Oh, I keep telling yourself, oh, I can't do this. Yeah, maybe I tried. I failed. I got hard. Do you know that's not a thought from God? You can do this. You can live this life of faith. You can have good, healthy relationships. You can do it God's way. Is it going to be easy? No. But you don't have to do it alone. Come see me. Come see Pastor Jessica. I will do whatever I can to fight for you. If you, if you, if you can promise me you're going to be committed to me, then I'll be committed to you in faith. Amen? Brothers fight with brothers. Sisters fight with sisters. Do not, you can still fight for a sister, but you don't need to be meeting them alone, right? Doing ministry at Jack's, right? Brothers fight with brothers. You can pray for your sister. Sisters fight with sisters, and they can pray for their brothers. Amen? Cling to truth. Don't cling to lies. Here's the good news. When you know the truth, who he is, you don't need any more explanations to validate this, to validate that, to knock that person, knock this person, knock this place, knock that thing. When you know the truth, you know the story. You ain't got to explain anything. God's good, period. <laughs> That's it. You ain't got to explain anything. You're in a bad situation, God's good. You have a bad negative experience with a person at work or in the world or wherever. Doesn't change who God. God's good. God's for me. God can. God will. God sees. God hears. God's good, right? Look at that next point. Here's the choice we got to make. We have to be willing to give God control. That's everyday talk right there. As soon as your alarm goes off in the morning, you have a choice. Is God going to be in control or am I going to be in control? If we're talking about thoughts, we got to be willing to give God editorial control. We have to allow the voice of the Holy Spirit to be the loudest voice in our lives, and we have to allow the Scriptures to become the script of our lives. The loudest voice in your life, think of it like this. If God and the Holy Spirit are not the loudest voice in our lives, we're going to do a lot of suffering, <laughs> for one. But think of where you're at currently. I hope you're in a good place. Maybe you're not. Maybe you are. But more than likely, the location of which where you reside, wherever that is spiritually. If you don't like where you're at, it's because you've listened to the wrong voice to lead you there. You're at where you're at 
because you let the wrong voice lead you. Does that make sense? Now that voice could be ten different voices. That voice could be from something your father or mother spoke over you 10, 15 years ago. It wasn't a loving thing. They maybe hurt you. But you've been living your life for 10, 15 years based on that voice of what they said. You've experienced pain. You've experienced hardships. You've experienced sleepless nights. And you're at where you're at because you let the wrong voice lead you there. Some of those voices are your own voices. You're your own worst critic. You're your, you're, you're your biggest doubter. You've told yourself you can't, you can't, you can't a million times to infinity and if you missed week one, that's an inside joke. Go back and see it on social or on our app. You've told yourself over and over and over again. So if you want to change your destination, if you want to change the way that you live, if you want to change your habits, you got to give God permission to flip the script on your life and let him be the loudest voice in here. And that is cultivated. If his voice is not real loud, you can cultivate it to make it louder. But you got to turn all the other white noise off. You got to make time for him. You got to make room. We sung about it this morning. You got enough time for eight hours of Facebook a day, but you can't give God five minutes. His voice is not going to be as loud as Facebook's voice. You know, you got four hours to watch Netflix, binge Netflix every single day, but you can give God 20 minutes. Well, Netflix's voice in your mind is going to be a lot, well, things that you're watching are going to be a lot louder than God's voice. If you want to hear his voice louder and clearer, you got to spend more time with him. You have to cultivate that. And, and the louder and clearer we begin to hear his voice. And you can know the truth. And you can hear the truth. <laughs> and you don't have to have all these fights in, with yourself every single day when that thought comes. He said, that is, I'm a child of the Most High. I'm the head and not the bottom. I'm called coming and going. I'm blessed and highly favored in Jesus' name. Right? Is that the way the world thinks? Heckles no. Right? And if you think that way and live that way, you will stand out for his glory. Right? You will draw people by your faith into the kingdom of God. Right? And God can use us. Right? And so prayer and fasting, I said at the beginning of this, is that starting place to catapult us into some new things. And prayer and fasting is how we crank up the volume. Anybody like music in here? Man, I like rock music. I, I love my good Christian rock music too. When I, when I jam out, I like to crank it up, right? I like to crank it up. Pastor Jessica hates it. She's like, it's too loud. I'm like, it ain't loud enough. Yeah. Steven, that's my rock voice. Yeah. Y'all need a singer? We got 10 of them, right? We need a drummer. And we need a guitar player. And we crank it up. Yeah. Right? That's what you got to do with God's voice. You got to crank it up. I don't care if it bothers anybody that you're around. If it's from God, it's good. Don't let other people belittle you 
If you're doing your quiet time or listening to his word, you know how blessed we are. Y'all, you don't even know you got to read his word. It'll read it to you on your phone. Do you know that it'll do that in 2022? Y'all, back in the day, they had to write the Torah by hand and memorize it by mind. See, I'm an audible learner. What I love to do is when I can give all my time and all my energy, I, I listen to it and I follow along. And when you do that, you will retain it, I promise you. But you know what? You ain't even got to. You can be driving in your car in 2022 on the way to 2023 and have God's word read over you. You can be in your car doing spiritual things. Crank it up. You got to choose. How am I going to live? Right? You can do it. I want to do it. Anybody else want to do it with me? Let's do it together. Romans 12, 2, it says, And do not be conformed to this world, but be by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is good and acceptable and perfect will of God. This is how God's word must become our script. Because if we listen to what they say, you'll be conformed. If you listen to what he says, you'll be transformed. So the things that you want to transpire in your life, the good things, the, desi- the good desires that you have, the key is you have to be transformed by the renewing of your mind by his word. If you don't let him do it, you'll be conformed according to their ways, according to their standards, according to the world's ways, according to the world's standards. And God doesn't want us conformed. He wants us transformed. Right? Look at that next point. We're moving on. So the first thing is we got to flip the script. The next thing is what I want to talk about is we got to eat this thing called a frog. Eat the frog. All the girls are going, ah. Has anybody ever heard that? Yes, a couple of you. Well, Pastor Mark Batterson, he talks about that in this book. And eating the frog, let me read a quote to you real quick before I read this point. And so it actually comes from Mark Twain, another famous author from the, the 19th century, late 18th century. And Mark Twain said this. He said, if you're going to eat a frog... Do it first thing in the morning. (laughs) If you don't have a choice, if you have to do a bad thing, a hard thing, go ahead and just do it first thing in the morning to get it out of the way. If you know you got to do this thing, just simply do it. Because once you do it, you win the day. The quicker you do it, the quicker you win the day. Do you see that? Right? So don't avoid the hard conversations on a daily basis. Don't avoid the hard decisions on a daily basis. Don't avoid the difficult paths on a daily basis. Do them first. Because when you do them first, you win the day. How do I conquer 2022? I have to do it a day at a time. A decision at a time. I break my days down into my decision making. Right, but this point, so, so the second habit we need to do in order to create or break habits is called eat the frog. If we want, to, if we want God to do the super, we got to do the natural. I got ahead of myself today already, didn't I? It says, eating the frog is refusing to make shortcuts, detours, is committing to the path and doing the work. When I have something tough that I don't necessarily like to do, if I continue to ignore it, if I continue to push it off, push it back, does it go away? No. Actually, that frog that seemed real big, it actually might get bigger if you continue to push it off. 
Before you had to eat just a frog. And if you keep pushing it off, keep saying, no, God, you've identified the issue, identified the problem, the elephant in the roof, so to speak. And if you push it off long enough, it might turn into a massive frog. And now you still got to eat it. You could have just swallowed your pride, bit the bullet, knocked it out before it got worse, right? And now it's some other big massive problem, worse than it was to begin with. So we must stop ignoring the hard things staring us in the face. If God said it, I ain't got to pray about it. If it's staring me in the face by his strength, I need to start tackling this thing. I need to start doing this thing. God, I need your spirit. What's the way through this? Not around it. God, what's the way through it? God's path is through. We can't take shortcuts. can't take detours. I got to do it his way. Look at Matthew 26, 37 and 39. The path of Jesus is amazing. And this is at the tail end of the path of Jesus. And if you want to talk about a frog having to eat, he had to eat a frog. And I'm glad he didn't go around it. I'm glad he didn't detour it. I'm glad he didn't push it off. I'm glad he said, you know what? God, you're good. And I'm going through. I'm going to do this. Right? Verse 37, it says, And he took him and Peter and his two sons of Zebedee, and he began to be sorrowfully and deeply distressed. Then he said to them, My soul is exceedingly sorrowful, even unto death. Stay here and watch with me. He went a little farther and fell on his face and prayed, saying, O Father, if it's possible, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not as I will, but as you will. In the tough places, you're going to have to pray God's will to trump your will. I know it's not easy, but it can be done. If it's for your good, it needs to be done. If God said it, why are we running from it? If God's leading us there, why am I trying to go here? If God's trying to bring me to this place, why am I trying to go to this place? For the sake of comforts? God says, you can, but you're going to need me, my leadership, my voice, my thoughts, my ways, and I want to lead you there. I want to carry you there, but you got to trust me. Jesus, he was committed to the path because he was committed to his Father. That's the only way Jesus was, was able to pray God's will over him, knowing what he was about to face. He was committed and submitted to his Father. For you and for me, we've got to stay committed to the path and submitted to the Father. Look at that next point. The obstacle is not necessarily the, the problem. The obstacle is the obstacle. It's the mission, but it's the path. Right? Jesus endured the cross because he saw the prize 
See, we stay committed and submitted to the path because we know there's something awaiting us at the end. Come on, somebody. Right? Jesus knew this. The captain of our salvation was made perfect through suffering. Easy can't be an option for us, and we can't lose. Here's the good news, unless we quit. Do you know you can't lose unless you forfeit yourself, take yourself out, knock yourself off the path? If you continue to run and run to win, you can't lose. The most amazing thing is, as we just read that scripture of Jesus, so to speak, eating the frog, and here, Y'all's frog has nothing comparable up against to what Jesus had to do. It may be hard, but it was not nearly as hard as what Jesus did for us, right? And so, him, having, him doing that for us demonstrates that we can do it. We have to be focused and committed, submitted to the path, but I have to remember that there's a prize awaiting me if I stay the path. The way to fixing the problem is having a path. You need a path to fix the problem, a path to win the day, right? The path to victory is many times the toughest and less traveled path. But you still need a path. Look at Matthew 7, 13-14. One of my favorite scriptures. It's a reminder the path that God calls me to is not like the path that much of the world is on. He says, enter through the narrow gate, for wide is the gate and broad the road that leads to destruction, death, hell, the grave, disappointment, despair, sorrow. And many enter through it. But small is the gate and narrow the road that leads to life, joy, peace, prosperity, blessings. And only a few find it. That's Jesus. Are you on the right path? Are you on a wide path that many are on? Just living life? doing what the world says is right, what the world says feels good? Or are you on a straight and narrow path, determined, following God, giving God everything, trusting God? Because if you're on that path, you're on the right path. Is it the easiest path? No. But it's the right one. When Jesus is your captain, you'll find your destination. If you stay on that path with the prize in mind as him as your leader, your shepherd, you'll find your destination. If you're the captain, if somebody else is the captain, you're not going to find the right destination. We need his vision for our lives to stay focused on the the prize and on the path to the prize. Look at 1 Corinthians 9.24. says, Do you not know that in a race all run, runners run, but only one gets the prize? Run in such a way to get the prize. Do you know what the prize was 
for Jesus to endure the cross? It was you. Jesus ran his race. He stayed on the path because the prize was you. What is your prize to stay on this path of faith? You need a prize. Eternal life's a good one. A blessed family's a good one. I want, Mark Batterson, he says this a lot. He said, I want to be famous in my home. That's a good one. I want to be honored and famous in my home before I'm honored and famous in my church and my workplace. There are millions of prizes, millions of motivating factors God wants to use to keep you on the path. And if you continue to run, you can't lose. So run to win. Look at that last point. Eating the frog means making decisions against yourself because you want to make a life for yourself. It's the willingness to say no to something today so that you can say yes to something tomorrow. The tough things today, if I continue to do them the right way, God's way, they get less tougher tomorrow. I continue to do the right things, sow the right things, sow the right words, the right actions. It gets less and less tougher as time goes on. The sooner you eat the frog, the sooner you can begin to enjoy your life. That thing that is staring you in the face, you keep ignoring, you say, I'm not going to do it yet, I'm not ready to lay it down yet. You can't enjoy your life until you go ahead, buckle up, bear down, eat the frog. For God's glory. 1 Corinthians 10.33, it says, You say, I am allowed to do anything, but not everything is good for you. See, when Jesus came, Christians, well, there weren't Christians yet, the new, the new Christians, the non-Jewish believers that were coming into the faith because of what God did, there were, people were so confused because Paul's preaching forgiveness of sins and and Jesus is so amazing and awesome. So if Jesus said, like, I can just continue to do whatever I want and sin, and he's like, no, no, no. Right? It says, but not everything is good for you. You say, I'm allowed to do anything, but not everything is beneficial. I want to be led by the leadership of the voice of God to make the right decisions, to have the right yeses, and have the right noes. Right? Dave Ramsey, another amazing man of God, he's big into finances. He teaches this, this um, thought, this theme. He says, live like no one today so that one day you can live like nobody else. Live like no one today. Eat the frog today. Do the hard things today. Love like no one's loved today. Forgive like no one else forgives today so that one day you can live like nobody else. You'll have the blessings. You'll have the joy. You'll be filled. God's glory on your life, in your life. We've got to do the tough things now so that I can enjoy my life before God now. Amen? Amen. Y'all join me in prayer this morning. So, Lord, my prayer is that something I said stuck to us today. I pray that something I said challenged us. 
That's not something I said, but what you said through me, God. So I pray that we, we leave here energized. I pray that we leave here not feeling beat up, but empowered to do what you've asked us to do. You did it for us. God, we want to do it for you. God, we want to be a child of God. We want to love other children of God, and we want to see other people become children of God. So help us flip the script. Make your scripture a script of our life. God, and help us eat the frog today. The tough things we have to do, stop letting us ignore them, put them to the side. God, give us the faith to walk through it in Jesus' name. Last thing I want to do is if you're here today, and Jesus Christ is not your Lord and Savior. Maybe you've never been born again. You've never said a prayer, invited God's presence and life in your life. I want you to do that. I would hate for you to leave here today without an opportunity of doing that or leaving here today the same if you're in a bad place. And this goes for you watching online. If you've never made that decision, I want to change that today. So, but if you, want, if you say, Pastor Ian, I want to make Jesus Christ the Lord of my life, Right now, what I want you to do is, and no one's watching you, we're not looking at you, I want you just to physically, right now, stand up. If you're watching at home and you can stand up, stand up. If you're driving your car right now, do not do that. But try and put something in the chat to say, I'm making this decision so that we can see that. I mean, if you are born again, right now, I want you to pray for the lost, please. Pray for the lost, dying world out there right now. We all know somebody that's lost. But if you want to make that decision today, Believe me, no one's watching you, but I do want you to stand up. So I want to pray for you. We're all going to pray together. Amen. So a few more seconds if you want to make that decision. Amen. Amen. Praise God. Why? No one is physically standing at church, but someone might be doing this decision online. So I want to lead us in a prayer. So y'all repeat after me. So Heavenly Father, God, we love you. We trust you. We accept your son. Right now, we believe in Jesus. And right now, we confess that Jesus is Lord of my life. Forgive me of my past. Redeem my future. And lead me by your spirit every day of my life. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Praise God. Well, thank you all so much for coming. We're so glad that you came. The Bible says better is one day in your courts than a thousand elsewhere. So I'm glad y'all was here. I'm glad I was here. And so uh, well, we love you. Y'all are dismissed, okay? Come back and see us next.